Guten Tag and welcome to the IGN UK podcast. Uh, I'm Alex and I've spent the last week or so in Germany. <laughs> Picked up so much of the local culture. <laughs> exactly. A lot of Heffenweizen. I don't know what that is. Um, beer. Is it? Yeah. Uh, that voice is, belongs to Daniel Cooper. Hello. Uh, <laughs> still, the, still the very British hello. Hello. Uh... And uh, Chris yep. Tilly. It's me. It's me. But obviously people will know you in Germany because they would have heard the podcast you guys did from Gamescom. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> we didn't have time. We we uh, we took the gear with us. We had every intention, but time ran away with us. So sorry, listeners. We were too busy. Like Alex and Dan let you all down. Gobbling pork knuckle. <laughs> have you, Excellent. Have you, have you ever tried pork knuckle? Uh, yeah, not not for me. Really? Really? Nah, yeah. Why not? I just didn't. I didn't like it. I don't like pork scratchings. Don't like pork knuckle. But what? Do you like roast pork? pork? Mm, it's all right. I'm not even a big crackling fan, so... What? I know. Sorry, right. Actually, there's, no, there's not a lot so for you to like yeah. there. So that's why you didn't do the podcast, is because you were eating yeah. pork knuckle. Yeah. Well, and, they're big. And it takes a long you could have filmed it and put it on the side. Could have done. And drinking beer. Yeah. Could have filmed it in 1080p at 60 frames per second. Dan Kilby, yes, exactly. It's the only way to experience pork <laughs> yeah. knuckle. Uh, Dan Kilby did take photos of every single piece of food that he ordered. Every piece of pork you That's interesting. So, but if you do go to Cologne, a top tip, there's yep. two types of pork knuckle. Okay. There's oh. the grilled one, which I think you and I had. Grilled, yes. And then, that's, where you get, that's where you get your crackling, Chris. It's all, yeah, it's all firm and nice and tasty. Roasted. Whereas Bear Park, I think, had, I don't know if it's boiled or something other, but it looked a little bit like an unborn fetus. Mm. It wasn't it very nice. It looked, looked like an alien fetus. Or an old man's testicle. How did it taste? I like I, an old man's I, testicle. I don't put that sort of shit in my mouth. That's what Rich said. He says, oh, <laughs> that reminds me of an old man's testicle. That's uh, immediately, <laughs> immediately, that's what he said. See, Rich isn't here to defend himself, but I'm pretty sure he's in the next room. I can see him. So this I can is, see him. He's, he's nodding, agreeing. Yes, it did. That's what he's saying to me through the glass. Yes, lick, it did. Licking his lips. So, do you want to tell me about Gamescom then? Busy show. Yeah, uh, it's always been busy, but I think I don't know what it was this year. Maybe it was the rain, and I know that sounds really pathetic, but normally um, <laughs> it was inside, Alex. Yes. <laughs> but uh, there's lots of kind of uh, food trucks and stuff like that outside, mm. and there was one point where I was walking through the corridors, through the hallways, yep. to get from one place to another, and it must have started raining because suddenly all these people converged, and it got to a point where I could not move. I literally couldn't move. And you, um, and you just attack people. You know what I'm like. <laughs> like I, my patience is not very good. Um, and I had to get back to the IGN no. room to write something up. And I think I just, I don't know whether I put my head down, but I was just like, get out of here. But um, so from that perspective, it was pretty horrendous. Um, actually, after that. <laughs> like, not really, but oh, it was horrendous. It, it rained. It was too busy. It was too busy. It's always too but busy. The, the games on show, excuse me were fantastic and IGN went massive this year we had a live stream for the first time ever at Gamescom yeah we had more people out there than ever before three days of live streaming we owned it the very best we games. wrestled it to the ground did you meet sat any, on its face did you meet any listeners while you were there you were stopped I was stopped uh, that was just going through customs though <laughs> I was stopped by a nice chap who works for Ubisoft in their central marketing team who listens to the podcast and reads IGN I didn't I don't know a lot of my appointments were kind of in the business area which is separate to the show floor mm. where, where the public are and people who might enjoy the podcast so I didn't really spot anyone but I know I a few people out there I know Rich Hodgson was out there yeah. and a few other people who listened to the podcast there were so many people there to, to kind of well, bump into we, someone would be incredible the yeah. original plan was to have a meet and greet on Thursday night mm. but we just honestly to get coverage up on the side we yeah. were just working until about 9-10 o'clock every night Yeah. so it just wasn't possible yeah 
It's a shame. What was spent a lot of time with the US guys there. That was very pleasant. Somebody on the live stream uh, out Damon Damon by saying "keep it locked on IGN" before he had the chance to say it. Which and, and, then he, and then he like he was like a robot facing a logical paradox. <laughs> he didn't know how to like finish the segment. <laughs> that was funny. Um, so what are you going to say? What was the best game at Gamescom? The, the most <laughs> the big fun, questions from Chris Dilly. <laughs> the most fun I had of actually playing a game was Evolve. Mm. So uh, you and I, uh, plus Marty and Tristan, were the uh, hunters. Hunt, yeah. And then Tal, who's our newly crowned publisher, was the monster. Of course he was. Uh, and he was the three games, yeah. we beat him two to one. Awesome. Teamwork. Which means we get pay rises. There wasn't a lot of teamwork going on. It was basically people running like around like headless chickens and then coming together at the last minute. We were to, all right. We, we thought we got we better. Were, we got the better. first game. We, we thought we were going to get destroyed, yeah. but we still won. Yeah. So. And how yeah. did Prince Kamali do? He was newsing it up, wasn't he? Yeah, he did. He did well. So it, it was probably the busiest show. It was busier than E3. Yeah. But that's not because. Well, it's mainly because we didn't have as many people, quite mm-hmm. frankly. Um, but it was good fun, and uh, I think you'll only see Gamescom becoming a bigger part of the gaming calendar. Do you actually think it's now because the, both first parties used it as a space and a new platform to yeah. make announcements, strategic decisions, or yeah. reveal new games? Andy, eh? Is it going to be? Um, is it? Can you say it's Europe's E3 yet? Ooh. Well, it's bigger than E3. Yeah, but in, but not in like, terms of announcements and no, stuff. No, I know, but it's. It's too late on during the year to become that platform, I think. Yeah. Because E3, a lot of that stuff is like, right, we're announcing and then we're going to come either end of this year, if you're lucky, or maybe at the beginning. I think it's becoming a good space like, to do a kind of um, a second big reveal yep. for games that are coming out in the first part of the following year. Yeah. And also kind of a a reasonable platform for stuff that wouldn't wow people if you did it in like the, the Staples Center yeah. or somewhere in E3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was still like for kind of the more independent games and yeah. the quirkier games like Sony's first party stuff. Yeah. I think it feels more at home at Gamescom. Yeah. Um, and you know I think uh, also it's, it's a weird thing because there's not a lot of gap between E3 and Gamescom. There's only two months and you've got Comic-Con in the middle. So as a developer, it's yeah. like, you know, you can't show something new at each different thing. Mm. So I, I guess Comic-Con is more consumer-focused, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris, yeah. Chris, I came back with a game for you. This is the game for you. Mm-hmm. It's called Until Dawn, okay? Mm-hmm. Do you want to hear the elevator pitch? Mm-hmm. So you play it over the course of one night. Mm-hmm. Like eight, eight characters. One of them is Hayden Panettiere. Okay, the cheerleader. The cheerleader, try to save her. So it's eight friends in a cabin in the woods. Uh, I think it's a ski resort. And yeah. depending on the decisions you make, um, the characters can all survive the night or all of them can die. Or any combination. Yeah, this is, sorry, there's yeah. a serial killer yeah. out to yeah. get them. Okay, that's good to know. And there's, I should have probably <laughs> foregrounded that, if anything. <laughs> just there um, on holiday. <laughs> that's it. It's just basically an argument simulator. I thought yeah. you'd like it. Um, so... Every time you play the game, it's almost like a party game. So every time you play it, it'll be different. Is that intriguing? It sounds like fun. Yeah. It looks. So it was coming out on PlayStation 3 on the Move controller, so you don't use a normal traditional controller, yeah. but they've kind of ditched all that. It's coming out on PS4. It looks great. It looked great on PS3 in terms of what it was trying to achieve. And, you know, I think the fact that it's that open, yeah. if it was a single narrative and, you know, yeah. the same people die at the same point, then it'd get boring. But the fact it it changes open. every time. So it's kind of like it's heavy cool. rain, like the narrative yeah. fractures in lots of different ways. And um, I think the whole idea is they want it to be a bit of a party game that you play overnight yeah. until dawn yeah. and you pass the controller every time your character dies. And if, you know, 
Bagsy stays on. Yeah. When yeah. can I play it? No release date yet. No release date. But it's, I think it's got. There's a lot of kind of horror writers that have worked on it. Mm. Horror is a big theme of Gamescom, obviously. With In general, yeah. PT, aka Silent Hill demo being shown. Bloodborne. I haven't had the chance to show you that yet, but that's. No. It's just. It's kind of they pictures an interactive demo or teaser or whatever, but that's really freaky. Um, so we'll get you playing that with some uh, headphones on. And I don't like getting freaked out this week. You love horror. Okay. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Anyway, should we? Should we crack <laughs> Let's on, crack on. Let's crack on with the news. Uh, Chris, you're up first. There's a picture of Ant-Man. Uh, <laughs> it started shooting in San Francisco, and they released a picture of uh, Paul Rudd standing in front of the Golden Gate Bridge, uh, not looking like an ant. No ants appeared to be in the picture. Um, Are we sure it's Ant-Man? He doesn't... That look- could be from any film starring Paul Rudd, surely. It could, except he's normally smiling. He's looking quite mean and moody here. Right. So, And he's got, he's got stitches on his eye. And he's, he's wearing a hoodie, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's, like, he looks quite like... He looks like he should be an infamous. He looks like a thug. He's had some bother, hasn't he? Yeah. He's had some trouble. So is he is he on the run? Are we? What can we wildly infer and speculate about this picture? Well, uh, nothing. Okay. Let's <laughs> state facts. Apart from it's going to be in San Francisco. Uh, they announced the casting of Mad Men's John Slattery in the movie. He'll be reprising his role of... Howard Stark from Iron Man 2 I was just going to say he's already appeared in the Marvel series Yeah. so how's this going to work well this is going to be flashback sequences it is isn't isn't it it? with Michael Douglas but will it be Michael Douglas will it be Michael Douglas's dad no no, it'll be younger if it's flashbacks it can't be Michael Douglas because Michael Douglas is playing Hank Pym today can they not CGI Michael Douglas to make him look young nobody wants that's what Catherine's has been (laughs) Catherine's been asking that for years there are no computers powerful enough to do that he's been doing it to himself though hasn't he what processing himself? He's, he's he's had work done, so maybe he's they, he? maybe he's had some more work done to make him look. Do you think maybe they'll cut his face off and put a new one on? <laughs> oh, um, John Travolta's. <laughs> so that's I cool. <laughs> I quite like John Slattery in that role. I like John Slattery really. I can only think of Tony Slattery for whatever reason. <laughs> is this? In- Do you watch Mad Men? Yeah, I watched the first season. He's the guy with the white hair, skinny guy who's quite senior. Yeah. Do you have heart attack or something? Yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. I know. Should we? Um, but aren't they doing something quite? interesting here kind of further building out the kind of more 1960s or whenever Marvel Universe which is going to be explored further on film with the Agent Carter series so we're going to could you even have a period Marvel film in a few years time well I guess Captain America was a period Marvel yeah, film yeah but like going back with like almost like a period Avengers or like the original Ant-Man when he first tried to yeah. become a hero like the golden age DC yeah like stuff basically the about, first yeah. wave of heroes before yeah. they kind of died out and then came back yeah, that would be cool. Because they haven't announced who... I don't think they've announced who's playing the younger Hank Pym. No. Because they could hire an actor there and like, tie him down to a TV contract if they wanted. Yeah. So that's just the thing, going back to that image, though, surely you just want to see him as Ant-Man, not just as Paul Rudd. That's not Ant-Man standing in front of the Golden Gate Bridge. That's just Paul Rudd. I think it was from the first day of shooting. Uh, so I don't just, know why they thought they need to rush something out. Is that him just arriving? <laughs> exactly. He's not right, even in makeup here, yet. I'm here. And it's a bit cold. That's why he's got it up. Because it, it does get... It it's just one of those pictures that makes me just shrug, really. Oh, okay. said, so is, the, is the film yeah. taking place in San Francisco? Like, obviously in part, but is that? do we know if that's the major location? I don't know. Nothing. We, we don't know. No, we don't know. Anyway. Moving on. Uh, I've got some news about uh, Microsoft's deal with Square Enix. Now, they announced at Gamescom that Rise of the Tomb Raider would be Xbox exclusive. Uh, and obviously there was much discussion after that that what does actually exclusive mean and Phil Spencer is the head of Xbox kind of said well it's not his game 
but basically inferring that at some point you could see it on other platforms. But the reason he gave for uh, them wanting it and probably giving Square a... I'm trying Don't to... Don't swear. And you know, it's really hard not to swear. A load of cash uh, <laughs> is because they've got uh, shooters covered with Halo. Uh, they've got Gears of War. They've got Forza. They've got all the genres covered. But what they don't have is a good answer to Uncharted. So that's why they threw a big stack of cash at Square. So Lara is the Nathan Drake killer. Yes. Mm. So uh, very, it was all very crafty the way it was phrased. That's and the stuff. same. That's exactly the same as every announcement. But though. in such a way that it was kind of obvious in them not saying that it was full exclusive that yeah. it was timed exclusive. So yeah. just be upfront. Yeah. But are they banking on people not hearing the later press release or getting two lots of coverage out of it? Is it something as stupid as petty as that? I, th- I think, you know, you've got people who obviously will follow that story all the way through. But you've also, you know, in terms of the broader media, they just the headline is it's exclusive to Xbox One. So somebody will read that in the Metro, for example, and that will be their opinion. But also it. then, you know, once you scale up to that level, broader media, yeah. do people even give a toss? Like, I, like I really... Think for, well, Laura Croft is definitely... A name that yeah. fits the broader sphere. I I do question I don't whether think it's, it's powerful a, enough to buy a Xbox One. No, I agree. Uh, yeah. If I only had a PlayStation Four, I wouldn't buy an Xbox One just for that. But yeah, there are probably some people that would. Um, but anyway, he did say I, th- I thought it was a bit of a weird quote. He said, "Certain people won't believe this, but the acquisition doesn't come from an evil space." Wow. Doesn't come from an evil space. That's what he said when I'm someone on. when someone says Microsoft. something. <laughs> yes. When someone says something like that, it immediately makes me think that it's coming from an evil space. Exactly. Because I need to deny that. it. Yeah. And so I, I, well, I, I thought that at Gamescom when the big tentacle came out of the vortex <laughs> to make the announcement. Yes. It's like my friend with the dog. When the dog goes up to other people, she says, oh, don't worry, he won't bite. People immediately think, oh, he's going to bite. Exactly. I say, or, I say, I say to her, say, don't worry, it's friendly. Yeah. And then that's fine. It calms people. Yeah, but then you, does it? Because then I would think, well... It's, it's better than biting because as soon as someone says yeah. biting, I'm thinking oh, I'm going to get bitten here. Yeah, it's coming from a bad what, place. What, that is evil. Well, evil. Don't worry, he's got four legs. <laughs> he's like, oh yeah, that's right. Okay, Surely, that's like right. one of the golden rules of PR is not to use words like evil. <laughs> yeah. Just stay away. Yeah. Stay away from words yeah. that are like biblical. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, but it's not coming from an evil space. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you meant in brackets Sony. I don't know. It's coming from my special place. Yeah. So, poor, poor, poor turn of phrase. Right. Okay. <laughs> Does anyone want to hear an outrageous rumor about the plot of Batman versus Superman again? Why not? Well, I've got one for you. So, okay, if you've not seen Man of Steel, you probably have already, but this is spoiler territories for that film if you've not seen it, so be warned. Um, Geek Tyrant has the scoop on this, and apparently... <laughs> Who's Geek Tyrant? You don't know Geek Tyrant? <laughs> he sounds angry. I do his bidding. <laughs> um, he comes from a place of evil. On eBay. <laughs> so they're trying to, like... So this rumour kind of explains how Lex Luthor is going to fit into the overall scheme of the movie. Um, One of the scenes shot featured Batman breaking into the LexCorp to steal kryptonite, reports the site. And apparently LexCorp has somehow gotten a hold of General Zod's body. So apparently Lex is using Zod's corpse and the world engine, which is the big machinery that Zod uses to destroy planet Mm -hmm. Earth in in Man of Steel, to synthesise kryptonite. Right. So there you go. Okay. Do you think that sounds remotely credible? There's going to be so much going on in this film that that 
that could probably be the entire plot line in any other film apart from this in which it will fill about three minutes of screen time am I imagining the fact that they said that Kryptonite doesn't exist in this universe or at least it it wasn't going to anytime soon well it didn't in Man of Steel yeah it didn't I thought there was something on records that were saying yeah. that it wasn't going to be a plot point because it's kind of been a, it's a bit hackneyed right um, maybe that was just in regards to Man of Steel but um He's run out of ideas one filming. I kind of hope it's not, because I don't want this whole film to be spoiled for me. I feel like between this and Star Wars, we're trying to find out every every single plot detail. I'm a bit... I don't know anything about Star Wars. Well, I've not read it. I've not been reading them. Plus, I'm I'm guessing half of them are not true. Or Tosh, yeah. There seems to be every week another thing breaks as to the beginning, the middle, or the end of that movie. I, I, I guess, like, let's like disregard the specifics for a moment. I think what this kind of shows is they're going to have to use some of these additional characters... It smartly as ways to bring the characters together. Yeah. So using, you know, trying you need to do universe building very quickly. Yeah. And that's the problem. Marvel has done it over like nine films or whatever so far, ten films. They're gonna have to do it in the space of one movie. Yeah. So you're gonna have to find a reason for Zod not just being kind of dispatched after one movie and yeah. forgotten about and bringing Batman in a natural way. But I then all these the, other characters. Yeah. It's like. Did you see there was a picture of Scoot McNary? No, Scoot McNary? No. Uh, he was the guy in Monsters, friend of Joe Utiki. Well, he was the lead? Yeah. Okay, yeah, He's yeah, great. Yeah. He's been in lots yeah. of stuff. He's in Argo. Yeah, um, uh, yeah lots of movies. Um, he, him in, on set in Green Socks. So they're saying he's the Flash. It's not been announced not, yet, but it looks like he's going to be the Flash. In Green Socks? <laughs> yeah, like like all green screen stuff. Oh, no, I think just like shooting the Green Lantern. <laughs> Yeah, no, they're saying he's the Flash. Has the Green Lantern not? No, but he definitely wears socks. <laughs> <laughs> they're astral projections. I'm confused. Yeah, that was a rumour last astral. week anyway. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, also, what Sorry, I... Sorry, can I... I po- once, Star Wars, you know they showed that picture of the Stormtrooper helmet? Yeah. Was that real? I don't think it's been authenticated. Have you not? It looks okay. cool, doesn't it? I've not been looking. Right. It's very traditional, but yeah. yet not modern. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was very cool, that picture. If, it, if um, it's real, yeah. But what I like about this rumour is it... Because my worry when when they announced Batman versus Superman is they were just going to kind of forget about Man of Steel. It does feel like they're making at least some kind of effort to refer back and call yeah. back to that film yeah. rather than just going right, done that. We've done yeah, well, I think we kind of heard that the destruction of Metropolis is going to factor into yeah. it. But yeah. also having Zod still as an influence, a thing that's quite cool. But anyway, still speculation. Yeah. So obviously, uh, last week was Gamescom. One of the biggest games that I saw at Gamescom was. Metal Gear Solid 5 The Phantom Pain uh, in fact we've got a the full 22 minute video of that demo up on site exclusively on IGN exclusively 1080p 60 frames a second your eyes will not believe what they're seeing and uh, I came away thinking man this game is amazing but also this game is never going to come out but uh, okay that's interesting well this why is that because the ambition too great it's extremely ambitious because there's a single player experience you've got this massive open world with so much to do and Ground Zeroes was a small compact game and I know yeah. that people complain that you could finish it in seven minutes or whatever it's not, that defeats but, the point but this is a, a, on a much much grander scale and then you've got the whole multiplayer component which we'll speak about in a minute but um, you know I can't imagine that, that game is going to come out before Christmas 2015 I just can't see it but anyway so you do think it's going to come out there well, <laughs> I do, but not... For, uh, I don't want somebody closing you out put, of context. Alex way. Simmons. I might be dead by the time it comes out. Bloody hell. Oh, no. Nice. Something you've not told us. Jesus. Yeah. I wanted to do it on this podcast. Oh, God. 
I've, I've got a rash. But you nice. liked what you saw. Uh, I loved it. I absolutely yeah. loved it. So uh, you've seen most of it. Yeah, I got, well, I got five <laughs> minutes in and someone took my computer away just now. That's the kind of uh, neighbourhood neighborhood that we work in. <laughs> At least you've got uh, a computer. And you've seen it all? Um, yes. Yeah. So the first part of the demo is, is what they showed last week on Twitch, which is the same demo from E3 but from you know, demonstrating how you can play it in different ways. So they played it at night rather than during the day. Um, but one of the clever things about the game is that the AI learns. So if you go through the game taking people out with headshots, then later on the game, all the enemy troops start wearing helmets to prevent you from doing those oh, one-shot kills in the heads. That's clever. Also, if you shoot them in the chest, wear body armor, etc., etc. So you've got to continue like mixing up your game and doing all that stuff. Uh, they showed off the cardboard box, which I think... Yeah, I like the idea that the cardboard box is upgradable, which sounds a bit ridiculous if you don't know Metal Gear. But one of the things is you unfold it to be like a full-length picture of a woman in a bikini and these highly specialised trained troops who are smart enough to put on helmets when you do headshots look at it and go, oh, yeah, and then like basically giving you enough time oh, to they take run them towards out. you and you can it's, just like it's a bit them in like, balls. But the thing is, like, yeah. Metal Gear has always tread that very fine line between the absolute yeah. ridiculous... Yeah and eccentric and also the very serious because ground zeroes is about like rendition and torture and, yeah, and teenage yeah. rape and yeah. like underage rape and all, yeah. well, all this great you know very serious issues but also it will find a place for stuff like that yeah and at, like the opening of the demo it had snake riding in a horse you've got this uh jeep patrol coming towards you so he orders the horse to curl off a fat one Rides off the the the, the, the jeep skids on the, the <laughs> giving him enough time to go in, attach a parachute, and lift it up into the sky. It's just it's bizarre. Is that everything you wanted from a game when that you were ten? Awesome. Yeah. It, it is awesome. It but is I think awesome. That's, I think that's the point. Like I think Kojima knows that video games are inherently ridiculous in yeah. some sense. They can, but they can treat serious issues if they want to. I, I just think I, some I, people the, find the that bikini, very easy. Ba- the bikini stuff is probably a step too far. Yeah, in my eyes. But anyway. Okay, should we get onto the multiplayer stuff? Yeah, so uh, you're going through the single-player ex- uh, experience. Um, it's very much like Peace Walk in that any kind of resource you find, whether it's a Jeep or whether it's a troop or anything like that, you can attach what is called this Fulton recovery system, which a parachute that lifts them up into it's the like sky. It's like Skyhook, isn't it? Yeah. Dark Knight. Takes, you back to, takes them back to your base. So if you um, recruit high-level scientists or this, that, and the other, you can develop different weapons and this, that, and the other. But it turns out that that home base that you build is actually part of the multiplayer campaign. So um, I'll have a multiplayer base that I'm developing this, that, and the other, and you're doing the same. But it turns out you can infiltrate the other person's base to steal their resources. And that's what they showed. And I think it looks, I think it looks really, really good. So is this this isn't live multiplayer. This is almost like asynchronous. The other person doesn't need to be online and you can like interact with the base. I don't base. know. So the way the demo ends is that you've got, you know, if I was attacking you, I'd be sneaking along. And then you know that, well, you've been alerted or I've triggered something. So you, you know that I'm there and then you start attacking me. So, but I don't know if that is you happen to be online at the same time or, you know, whether it will be, yeah, there will be a companion fun. app, yeah. for example. That would be pretty cool. So, oh, by the way, somebody's triggered something on your base. I hop online. There you are. I'll take you out. I don't know. Okay, so as a long-term um, Metal Gear fan, yeah. do you welcome the, the addition of multiplayer, this type of multiplayer? It all depends on whether that's going to get in the way of the single-player experience. Now, in Peace Walker, it doesn't. It enhances the single-player experience because 
the actual going through and building up your base and developing new weapons and tech that you can then take out to the single player experience is really really good because you'll get to a mission that's you know super tough and you know what you really need is a high powered sniper rifle blah 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 you haven't got one you can go back to previous missions go and search for high level scientists or R&D people that will give you that kit to then go back and do it well I like that idea if it gets to a point where my base is constantly being raided and all my stuff that I've worked hard for is nicked I'd find that really annoying mm. you know if that got in the way of my enjoyment of the single player that's what I'm going to do to you then do you know what it's one of the reasons why I stopped playing Boom Beach because every time I logged in it was just like you absolute turds like all of my gold very similar though aren't they the two experiences it's well they're both tower defense games the idea is is i i think this is how i interpreted the video is that the as a as a defender you invest in gun turrets patrols this that and the other so when you're not online you've got enough gear there to make sure your stuff isn't being nicked lynched yeah um but you know who knows but that's again hugely ambitious as a Side as, a, as, an as an add-on yeah. to the main game so maybe it won't even come out next year I don't know oh. but I'm excited what about you guys so in the next decade Excellent. we're going to see this hopefully at some point before I die that would on be on the PS4 yeah. otherwise I'll be sad or PS5 in my coffin I thought also I'm just going to say a very obvious and stupid thing it looks amazing it does look absolutely beautiful <laughs> it looks beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Like, it looks incredible like the animations yeah. everything about Ground Zeroes I loved yeah. I didn't mind that it is theoretically seven minutes long yeah. I must have played that game for about eight hours absolutely yeah. and I love the freedom that it has and it feels it feels in keeping with Metal Gear games of, of old Yeah. but mechanically it's really it's gone five ten years into the future like yeah. it's really caught up yeah. and if you feel like the <laughs> most badass yeah. secret agent I never really felt like that before with Metal Gear I yeah, felt a bit hampered by the controls even like uh, again in, in the, the first part where it's a single player demo there's a helicopter that's called in to just before you try and make your escape uh, and I can't remember what happens in the, the first time at E3 I think he basically jumps on a horse and just legs it um, whereas this time round, um, he sneaks up to a jeep, puts some C4 on, and then straps a fault and recovery in, so the jeep gets lifted into the air. But it collides with a helicopter, blows it up, and it's just having that freedom of creativity, like emerging gameplay. You do can kind do whatever of you want. Crazy, shit. and that was the it's good thing about Ground Zero. Yeah, like you know, it's different every time. Reading about sort of, people yeah. and how they've done stuff. That's why it doesn't matter if it yeah. is seven minutes long, because you can play it every time, and yeah. it'd be different. Because they were like, there was apparently a power switch hidden, and that was shut down all the kind of lights across the uh, oh, wow. prison camp, um, and all that kind of stuff was just yeah, very cool discovery, uh, different ways to play it. So, I'm very excited. When do we get to hear him speak? What Solid Snake? Yeah, it's it's in there. Is it? I didn't yeah. get that far. Yeah, old. Uh, uh, what's his face? Keith Sutherland. Yeah. How did that sound? Uh, well, we heard it before. Yeah. Because he's in Ground Zeroes as well. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, he doesn't say much yeah. in this demo. He basically uh, he points a gun at someone and tells them to get down, I believe. Are you used to he's him ne- in he's that never role done yet? That before. Uh, <laughs> it's, I think it still sounds a bit weird, but yeah. I'm sure you get used to it. Mm-hmm. I, I must admit, after Ground Zeroes, <clears throat> I didn't really kind of... It, it feels like a different enough game yeah. compared to the old Metal Gears, and I think that's the jump in like you know fidelity in the way it's presented, because it does look absolutely beautiful. So anyway, uh, our listeners, you should let us know what you think of Metal Gear. Are you excited by the multiplayer? You can reach us at IGN underscore UK feedback, IGN.com. It's always difficult to remember, isn't it? It is, yes. Uh, yes. Anyway, let's move on to this week's feedback. Uh, I've got the first piece from Kyle Barrett, 
who says, with all these remastered games coming out recently for PS4 and Xbox One, there has been a criticism about the lack of new games for the consoles. What games would you like to see remastered for the new consoles and why? I'd love to see Dead Space, Assassin's Creed 2 and the Uncharted trilogy. Uh, Let's answer that bit first uh, and then we'll come back to the last bit. Remasters that haven't yet been announced. There's Um, been quite a few. I was, you know what mine will be? It'll be Bioshock. Because I was disappointed when the announcement came and it was Bioshock's coming to iOS. I was like, right. oh. I would, I would, have quite would you li- actually play that through again? I think I would play the original because it's been a long, long, long time since I played the original. I never played Minerva's Den either. Right. So if you got a package that was dead cheap, like 15 quid, and it had all yep. of the content, you know what? I probably would. Because I miss Minerva's Den. Yep. I never played Bioshock 2. Yep. And I missed out on Burial at Sea as well. I right, kind of moved okay. on to this stuff. So if a package came out with all that stuff in, yep. for, like tuned to next generation consoles, I'd do that. Also, and this is kind of nicking the idea from the Master Chief Collection, which I've been reading more about, which yep. I've never really fully appreciated what that Halo Master Chief Collection really is. There's a lot in there. It's all four games. Yeah. No, it's more than that because it's three and it's Reach. It's like five games. Yeah. It's all the multiplayer maps, all the games... 111 multiplayer maps, I believe. Yeah, and you can go... You can, from the master menu, you can go to any of it instantly. Yeah. It's just everything. If if you're into Halo, it is absolutely everything you could possibly want. Yeah, Yeah. it's like the ultimate collection. Yeah. So something like that, but for Call of Duty. Yeah, Yeah, it's a good chat. I think they should, like, Activision, if they're not thinking of doing that, they're missing out on an absolute trick. Yeah, it's a good chat. Like, I, I think, like, some of the, uh, like, Call of Duty 2 was obviously out for, I think it was around the launch of Xbox 360, but that was a really good yeah, game. Yeah. I must admit, I haven't played it recently. Yeah, I think, like, but, uh, that World in, War reality, II is in nice. reality, what they probably would do, they'd probably do a Modern Warfare collection. Yeah. Maybe a Modern Warfare Black Ops box set. Yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. all those maps in one. I, think that'd I quite be like very the idea cool. of some older World War 2 stuff. Imagine if, oh, all of it. Yeah. What about you, Al? Uh, Red Dead Redemption because that was a game that I I didn't really play because it was around the time of uh, my daughter being born so that would give me the perfect excuse to get kind of back into it that's a really good question yeah yeah. well done open it up to the yeah Uh, he also says after Luke messed up highlighting uh, my email last week I believe he should suffer a punishment or a forfeit for continuing his crimes against listener feedback there have been discussions of a forfeit for a while but I, uh, but I think it will seem fitting to be part of the upcoming 250th podcast it does feel like a festive thing to do maybe, maybe we should just do the whole podcast of just different forfeits for Luke tar and feather him yes. <laughs> That's, a, that's an oldie you don't see that much anymore Chris. You don't, not, no. you don't see enough. You don't, it's difficult to get tar I think that's maybe well, why not enough TNF <laughs> it's not that easy to get feathers either oh I know man to you. so okay. that's fine rip um, into a cushion you, you look into the tar yeah uh, and dig up a rug <laughs> rip into a cushion oh it's sponge um, next one is from Ben Harris not really a question in here, but I thought okay. it was an interesting point anyway. He says, he feels slightly disappointed by getting his PS4 at launch date. He's disappointed by the current range of titles. This is mainly because I got the system to get cutting-edge graphics and unprecedented mechanics, but it seems to me that the vast majority are indie releases, which I could enjoy on my PS3. They're not why I got my PS4. Now, i put this in because I want to ask you, Alex. Do you think Ben is justified in feeling like that? Yes. Do you do? do I you, don't think do you subscribe that. To I that don't as well? think it's an ex- exclusive to PS4 though. Yeah. Um, look, it's it's the same problem that you have with uh, at um, the beginning of any console. Yeah, exactly. It right. takes time for them for developers to get a grip of what they what they want to get out of it, 
And, you know, we always knew that these were going to be a step up from the old consoles, but not revolutionary. It's not going to be a game changer. It's going to be slightly better. Also, the games, like, three years' time would be much better than the yeah. ones well, now. Well, we're seeing it already. Because like, this is why, some of the games like, launch out. titles are always traditionally a bit weak. Yeah. Because you're scrabbling around with consoles that haven't really been tamed. Yeah. And you're, but, like, in uncharted territory and all that sort of stuff. But... You know, for instance, Batman Arkham Knight getting delayed. Yeah. But that game will be better for it. Yeah. Same yeah. with Drive Club. That'll yeah. be a better game for the But delay. also, if you look at, and I know we've said this before, GTA V was, for me, the epitome of people squeezing every last bit of juice out yeah. of PS3 and Xbox 360. And so when you saw the stuff come out on next gen, the difference was, you know, not that great. Yeah, because you've got one team absolutely pushing the envelope yep. and somebody very much at the beginning of yep. what the yep. new console could do. So, But I do think, yeah, as you say, two years, three years' time, you'll see huge leaps forwards. In terms of actually mechanics, you know, the problem is is that you diverge off the, the straight and narrow too much and people don't like change. You can get too and, wacky. Yeah. As Kinect has shown, but, people but, kind of... Well, yeah. People aren't willing to embrace it. I think that's something like Terra, well. I think Terraway Unfolded yeah. is using some of the, um, the DualShock 4's um, more eccentric features in a way that is interesting. Similarly, yeah. we've been playing Alien Isolation this week, yeah. and that has very subtle integration of way that the, the light bar changes colour when you use the motion detector. Yeah. It... And makes different noises through the controller itself. Yeah. I think that stuff's subtle, yeah. but I think it could be quite powerful. Yeah, and going back to PT as well, like you know, that's never. You, I don't think you'd ever pay for that game demo, whatever you want to call it. But it highlights that some, you know, the way that that, that was put together, and the. I still don't know how you're supposed to do the final mission. I'm so confused by that, and however people worked it out is is beyond me. But that kind of level of uh, game design, I guess, you wouldn't have had in previous generations. Like the first few parts of that level where you've got to go and find this and that to move on. Okay, I get it. But then, you know, you've got to time stuff. You've got to listen for different That becomes intentionally pieces. obtuse. Yeah. Like, that's the yeah. whole point. They thought yeah. it would take months for the people to crack yeah. the code, as it yeah. were. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure people just did it purely by, by luck. Yeah. Because well, that's how I did it. I wouldn't, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't do it. Uh, I got an email from Kyle Marsden who says, I'm loving the look of Sunset Overdrive that's coming out in a couple of months. And it got me wondering, even with highly realistic graphics in next gen and PC games at the highest settings, do you think there will still be a place in the future generations for indie cartoon style games? Absolutely. Yeah. I think there'll always be room for a wide range of aesthetic styles because games are built and designed by artists. And if you look at art, not everybody aspires to, to force, like, paint photorealistically not all artists want to make a photorealistic game because the game has a different tone it has a different story that wouldn't suit that style like Mario I would that game would be horrifying if it was photorealistic yeah. I don't want to see an obese <laughs> Italian American plumber save a princess I, I, I don't want to see it I, I would quite like to see that would you? Just like a really I think there's probably a porn version of it that you could find if but, you. Well, no, but he's not saving a Chris. No, I wasn't thinking <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but more like you know, trying to do a double jump, but being a bit overweight and struggling and <laughs> clinging on by his fingers, just having a heart attack. And then Yoshi in is slow motion. T Rex that just eats him. I think they made this filmer. <laughs> um, and the same with animation as well. Animation, just because they can do pretty much photorealistic animation in movies now, they takes, haven't chosen to do it that. It takes away the art. Like, yeah. like what, there was a was it Tarzan? Uh, there was a new release of Tarzan or something that came out recently, or was it the Jungle Book? It was kind of somewhere in between. Ooh. Yeah, there was a Tarzan that came out like, recently in the last sort of three or four months. Yeah, yeah. Or the Uncanny Valley. 
Yeah, it was really weird. Like I, I saw the trailer before Rio Two. I think it was. God, that's that's <laughs> the kind of stuff that I can see. At the cinema. Yeah, no, it's Kellen Lutz playing. Uh, Expendable Ken, Ken and Lutz played You're obsessed Tarzan, with the Expendables, right. Chris. but I'd never actually saw any. <laughs> but that, bit that, that of video was, from it. it wasn't quite well. It wasn't photorealistic, right. but it wasn't like uh, Disney style kind of traditional mm. animation. It was this weird kind of thing in the middle, and I I just thought it looked horrible. I, I like over the last month you've become Britain's foremost Expendables expert. That's because yeah. he's pitching to be in the next. <laughs> Not one. by choice. <laughs> I've got a chance. You have. Now they've got the young Expendables. Me and Ronda Rousey. The Expendables. She's the, she's the chick. Oh, she's a she. Right. Yeah. He's a she she. She can beat you up. That's pot point. Most oh. women could be. Do they have any brains or is it just brawn? Who the Expendables? Yeah, one of them was like an electronics whiz. Right. <laughs> you got how What are you going to be? I, I can barely get my computer on. Um, <laughs> I don't think you're going to punch people in the face. I'd be. I would be the comic relief. I think you'd be. Oh I think like be, Rick Moranis or something. Yeah. Yeah. I think you'd be the fast talking wise guy. Yeah. You'd be like, if they need to sneak into a base, you could like distract the guards by speaking to them very quickly. Or well, the Ernie Hudson. <laughs> <laughs> the fourth Ghostbuster. Winston. Oh, right. <laughs> no, you're more like Janice. Slime. Oh, yeah, you are, yeah. I'm not like Janice. <laughs> I like Janice. Move it's on. Not Janine. It's Janine. Is it? And Janine. I'm not like, I'm oh, not like either I'm of them. Shamed myself. Uh, I've got an email from... Uh, a man whose name I have no idea how to pronounce. Oh no! Uh, don't say it like that. Well, you say it then. No, I don't have to. It's not. It's not my. It's well, not I see he doesn't want his real name read out. Huthumate, I think that's it. <laughs> uh, says I feel like over the past few years there have been a lack of World War and World War Two games and movies. Any recent note- noteworthy releases based on the aforementioned genre? P.S. I played Sniper Elite the version three. Mm. Well, well. I suppose it's because they did it to death just before then. But I reckon it's time for a renaissance. I'm sick of modern warfare. You're like, bring back the war. I loved Band of Brothers. No, not Band of Brothers. What was the Ubisoft game? Well, I love Band of Brothers because that was good. Brothers in Arms. And I'm not talking about the Dark Space album. But that was a good album. Um, But Brothers in Arms from Ubisoft and the Gearbox. uh, The mechanics were pretty chunky and the graphics weren't that good. To bring that back. But it was good. I really, I I played, oh man, I got about three quarters of the way through and it crashed, lost my save and had to start again. But I did it because I enjoyed it so much. And then they were going to reinvent it, uh, I think it was at E3 two years ago or something. They showed off what it was going to be like. Um, and as far as I'm aware, that's been canned. It was, like, it was overly kind of caricaturized and, Ooh, and I didn't want that. But I'd be well up for another serious um, World War Two game. I was going to say, Brothers in Arms possible stopgap recently we did stuff on Valiant Hearts it's not yeah. a shooter but I don't know if he just wants something in that setting I think it's an interesting he doesn't say specifically shooters he just I says think it's an interesting movies, game so. you know it seems it's got a cartoon style it's a puzzle platformer but it's got a lot of interesting content about the First World War so maybe I'm definitely going to go back and watch uh, Band of Brothers actually I've never um, seen it you've never oh, seen it wow it's fantastic. I've got the Blu-ray somewhere. I'll lend them. And it's yeah. crazy oh, how many great actors are in it as well. Yeah, well, Tom, some of whom weren't famous at yeah, the time. Tom Hardy in it. Yeah, yeah. They're all in it basically. Yeah, they're all in it. What about you, Chris? Well, uh, if you're in London next month, uh, London Film Festival opening film is a World War Two film and closing film is World War Two film. So there's a couple of big ones coming out. Uh, the Imitation Game, which is about oh man, I knew what his name was and I've forgotten it now. But the guy who cracked the Enigma, Alan Turing machine. With Benedict Cumberbatch playing him, right. and the trailer looks great. It looks like um, kind of an award season movie, and Fury, 
Brad Pitt in a tank. Uh, they've been shooting in the UK last year. That's going to be, I think, closing the festival. Who's directing that? I think, top of my head, I think it's David Ayer, the guy that did Training Day and Harsh Times. And he always does sort of almost real-time movies. And I think okay. this is a similar kind of thing where it's all over the... Uh, take place in one day. My only concern with that is, like, when was the last time Brad Pitt did a good film? He doesn't... Well, well Z was okay. Oh, this is grimacing for everyone listening. Brad Pitt that. makes good choices, I think. 12 Years a Slave. He carries that film. <laughs> Absolutely. Ca- he's he got a very teaches us all about it. slavery. He pops up to teach us all a lesson. As God. Mm. As, as the wise white man. So, yeah, a couple, couple of big... There'll always be war, war, uh, war movies, I think. Yeah. There'll always be Mo- monument, war. Monuments, Men Was Out at Christmas didn't do so well, but that was another World War II there one. There hasn't been a great war movie for a long time, I don't think. <sighs> no. But also, because, you know, HBO did uh, Band of Brothers, they did... The uh, Pacific. What was the modern day one they did? It came out in between those two, and it was set in, I think, Afghanistan or Iraq or Iran. Oh... Um, uh, I suppose I don't know but it wasn't anywhere near well, it was zero night 30 like oh, yeah, would you class that as war it's a, it's a contemporary yeah. war film good, like the way right. the war is mutated yeah. Yeah. Mm. also the, I really like that film I enjoyed the thing with uh, Mark Wahlberg as well oh recently I didn't um, watch that Lone Survivor oh Lone Survivor I've yeah. heard mixed things I, about that one you liked it I thought it was yeah I, thought it was yeah, I did I just found it terrifying that yeah. it was a true story like mm. I found it absolutely harrowing yeah. that they went through that yeah I thought it was yeah have to see that one then yeah right um, there's a few yeah um, this is Sam he says duck hunt duck, duck hunt there you go um, I am a Kiwi moving from New Zealand to live in London at the start of September mm-hmm. my 27th birthday is on the 16th of September and I'd like to celebrate it appropriately in London can you please recommend me something that I can do on my birthday or celebrate moving to London mm. is this something we need to go back to him next week but I wanted to put well, that out there but I feel like this is our city. We should have some good suggestions. Yeah, but it's, but it's, 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 it's the same thing that I always say to people. When you live in the city, you don't actually do anything that the city is famous for. Like I'm sure well, people who've come over from the US office have seen more of London than I have. Well, it's good sometimes when people send similar emails. They give us an idea of what they like, what they're interested in, and yeah. then we can kind of make... But in terms of tourist things, like the only thing that I've really oh, done in London is the London Eye. Like, uh, the Tower of London's brilliant. Right. Do the Tower of London... That's the best thing. Buckingham Palace. Anybody done? I've, I've never done it. it. Never yeah. done it. You well, do, do the Tower of London. Thinking caps on and come back. We should Sam. also open up to our listeners. Yeah, like um, if, you, if you've ever had a, an amazing birthday in London, yeah. what have you done? And what go would you recommend it? Uh, go up the Shard. Yeah, not done it. There's a silent disco up there. Really? Ty might put on a silent disco up the Shard. Go to, the Cam- yeah. go to the Camden Brewery. Not been yet. Well, see, and we're that, on Friday. I'll get back but that's to you. The, that's the sort of thing that we would do for our birthdays. We just go to a pub and get battered. Mm. Is the, Sam, is that what way. you want to do? He's from New Zealand, though. They're the Kiwi, so probably. They've got even less to do than us, so they're in the pub even more of the time. But the beer scene in London is really kind of it's taking blossoming. off. There's some really, really good places to drink. Okay. So, okay, Sam, we'll email you back. Yeah. Okay. But also, listeners, do, do let us know if you've got any suggestions for Sam. Uh, any more feedback? I've got a sad email. Oh, yeah. From uh, Levon in Virginia, USA, who uh, uh, just simply writes, was wondering if the best thing to do uh, is to commemorate pod people by retiring the term or keep it going. 
So Pod People was something I got from Robin Williams when yeah. I interviewed him. And actually, uh, when he passed away, I thought, I'll try and find that interview. And I realised I wasn't even at IGN, I was at Time Out, and it doesn't ah. exist anymore. It's not even on the Time That's Out website. It's lost in the annals of time, him saying Pod People. But no, I don't see any reason why to retire it. I think we should keep it going in, yeah. in honour of an amazing performer. I think it's fair to say we, you guys were away, but we're yeah. all very sad about that. What's Absolutely your, shocked. I can't believe it. Favourite Robin Williams film or performance? Oh, um, two stories on this. I really vividly, very vividly remember going to see Jumanji with my parents. And it was a packed auditorium. And I also remember it not only because I loved the film, but midway through the film, there was this kid who needed to go to the toilet, and it was a like there was a very noisy scene, and then yeah. the volume dropped, and they just heard this kid must have been like seven or eight going, "Mom, I'm going for a poo," <laughs> and he just ran up the corridor. <laughs> but Scarlett does that all the time. It's like you'll be sitting there like in a restaurant, and she's yeah. like, "I need a poo." It's like, "All right, all right." Um, Scarlett is Alex's wife. Yes, <laughs> I'm a big fan of Hook, even though not everyone else. Really, I, I do really like Hook. I really do. I was the right age for it, but Mrs. Doubtfire. That, uh, Doubtfire uh, who fantastic else? Could, who else could have done that? No one. Yeah. I really don't think anyone else could have played that role. What about you, Chris? I like Goodwill Hunting. Good film. Uh, it's the one film that whenever it's on TV, we've always got a film like that, that if you catch a bit of it, you have to keep watching yeah. it to the end. Yeah, and that's yeah. always been my one. Apart from the other night, they replayed it and it was on. And I, it got me, it made me quite sad. Yeah. I thought I'm not ready to watch it again yet. Yeah. I think but I, just, it, I think it would have been easier to watch one of these comedic movies. Yeah. It's yeah, to yeah, celebrate yeah, yeah. his life. Yeah. I, I we're I watching watched, a dramatic movie. There's something about it that makes it more... Yeah, I watched Mrs. Doubtfire the other night. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I was going to watch it, but it was on... A Sky channel that I don't subscribe to. So. Tough. You should have come over mine. <laughs> yeah, we, we, Charlotte and I went, D -d 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 oh, let's watch that. Uh, have oh. you, uh, have either <laughs> of you seen <laughs> the absolutely heartbreaking YouTube tribute that someone's put together using his graduation spree speech from Jack? Have you seen the Jack no, film? Not, yeah. And it's, it's where he rapidly ages. So right. by the time he gets to graduation age, he's already an old man. Right. So he gives the kind of graduation speech, the valedictorian speech, and it talks about embracing life and living it to its yeah. fullest. And it plays over footage of him as Peter Pan and yeah. all of his most famous roles. And it's just, mm. it's I don't absolutely think I can watch that. It, yeah. it's, 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 it's nice. It's yeah. really good, though. It's really well judged and well made. Yeah. 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 Oh. Ah. Bit of a sad note, but... That's a but way to finish reading we, feedback. We've lost a legend. We have. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about the games and movies that are out this week. First up, games. Yeah, so two... Um, one, we'll go over quickly, because I think we've talked about it a lot on the podcast before, but it's Pants vs. Zombies, um, going Warfare even, which is coming to PS4, I believe. Yeah. And then the other one is Tales of Zilly, Alex. You're a big Tales of Zilly fan, aren't you? No. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for <laughs> dropping me I think, the spot there. I think people who are really into the Tales series probably know more about this game than I do because yeah. I've never played a Tales game. Me neither. But um, Colin, who is a huge fan of the series, reviewed it on the site. He gave it an 8.0 saying it's absolutely great. And it's a love letter to fans of the original, mixing up all characters and systems with some very new, fresh ideas. So I would say, chances are, you've probably already pre-ordered it. You've probably pre-ordered yeah. it. And that's a good choice because it's a good game. This, uh, this week, Into the Storm's Out, which is like the new Twister. We've needed a new Twister. It's, <laughs> yeah, taken, yeah. A, it's taken lots of years for it to... Twister was a big deal when it came out, though. Yeah. yeah. But then you watch it and realise it had no plot. I've seen it recently. <laughs> no. I've uh, seen it probably a couple of times in the last three or four years. Really? Because, again, it's one of those films that you just switch your brain yeah, off. Yeah, like, yeah. Mm. But it's flying. Really, I'm just waiting really for the flying bad. cow and then move on. Yeah. Uh, so see that if you like that kind of thing. Uh, Lucy, we haven't got that down here, but Lucy's out this week. 
Uh, I'm, I blooming well missed it last week because I wasn't very well, but looks like fun. I didn't realise that was out this week. Oh, cool. I think so, yeah. yeah. Cool. So, yeah. Have you seen it? No. Looks like fun. Yeah. Gave it a good review. And Sin City 2. Which I've heard mixed things. About. Yeah, screen. I've heard, I've not heard anyone say they didn't like it, but is it too late? I, it's definitely too late. I'm just. I thought Star Trek Into Darkness was late, being three years yeah. after the original. Yeah, like, it's just who the, who's still like, pining for that? It's like seven years. Or? Right. Yeah, it's been a. It was a, it was at the start of all. It was before the Marvel movies. Two thousand five. Yeah, wow. ten years, nine years. So. Um, it screened on Tuesday and I actually just didn't bother going I thought I'm going to watch it. I wasn't reviewing it we weren't doing interviews for it anymore yeah. I thought I'll wait for this one to come on the telly again I you know I liked I, it, it I was... haven't seen that much uh, like pushing it really mm. it's almost like it's coming oh here it is well this releasing a, a film like that at this time of the year is kind of burying it a little bit really right. but I guess they're hoping always bank holiday there'll be people going to the cinema yeah. they'll get an extra day I've, have either of you been to Universal Studios and gone on the Twister ride no. Again, it's not sport for one thing, so it's got a flying cow. I went yeah, there before that's what I want. Twister came out. Um, Even me too. Yeah. We're pre-Twister. Yeah, no, I've yeah. been twice, one pre-Twister, one post-Twister. It's annoying because the Twister ride replaced the Ghostbusters ride. Do you know what's really annoying? I went the year before the Jurassic Park ride opened. That is galling. That's really annoying. But not just, the, but not just that then, the entire expansion, the Islands of Adventure. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, because that's the whole roller coaster. Let's go back. Let's do an office trip. I would love to go back. If Universal are listening, they might do. If they want to take us to like check out their Halloween podcast, yeah, we could do a podcast from a ride. We could do the podcast on a Hulk roller coaster. Absolutely. Like Jimmy Savile Boy Scouts. Oh no, you're not allowed to talk about them anymore. That wasn't. Oh, that wasn't a milk. That wasn't a milkshake. No. Um, what, what, no, no, no. What I will say is, rather than go to those films, Fright Fest is on this weekend. Yes. So uh, this will be going live on Friday, which is uh, it starts Thursday night. Uh, so you will have missed the guest, and you will have missed Zombievers by this time. Thank God. But I am going to see Zombievers at midnight tonight. That's something to look forward to. Are you honestly looking forward to it? Uh, yes and no. It's a bit off his there's face by to that be said, time. There's something to be said for like fun midnight movies. So it starts yeah, at after a few beers. You'll, you'll finish at two. Yeah. You'll get home at three. No, you go for yeah. Chinese. That sounds horrendous. I know. That's uh, that's my job. Welcome to my world. We don't oh, have to. I bet, I bet I'm going to review it. I'm yeah, review I know, it. but the, the site is not going to fall down if we haven't got a review of Zombies oh, on it. I want a review of Zombies up. People, do you want a review of Zombies up? Let us know. It's too late. You're going to be there by now. Uh, but lots of films happening over the course of the weekend. Green Inferno, Eli Roth's uh, cannibal movie, Dead Snow 2, uh, that's uh, zombie Nazis. Yep. Housebound's supposed to be great, Kiwi horror comedy, a bit like old Peter Jackson movies. Mm-hmm. The Babadook, apparently that's the scariest Ooh, film I've playing there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Scary, scary, scary. Had, Are there really, any still... Uh, any, terrible, any, terrible title. Can you still get tickets to any of this? Yeah, yeah, there's still single day tickets. I might go see Babadook. I think Babadook might be <laughs> sold out. Oh, no. But I'm going to find that tonight because oh, I think I really that's, that's going to be the hot ticket. But I want to go up and go, can I have a ticket to see Babadook? Also, the fact that, you know... Just Babadook. The fact <laughs> that you're saying that Babadook is the hot ticket, is that what? Where, you, which also, kind of world are we film, in? If we meet in the pub to discuss films, the film that's very hard to pronounce after a few bit of Duke. I'm going to try and find it. Oh, I can't do it now because I'm going to find a picture of the Babadook for you. <laughs> what, what is a Babadook? Uh, it, it's a little scary little man. Is it? It's, it's Australian. Is he like a baby duke? But from like, hey, New Zealand? Hey, I think you're I'm a Babadook. I think you, Alex, are you imagining a tiny pimp? Maybe. <laughs> Yes, I'm a little Babadook. <laughs> Sorry, <the> Babadook. 
You have to post a picture of the <laughs> That does look really quite terrifying. Oh my gosh. Is he always riding the, the hobby horse? That is a way repulsion meets the gruffalo. That is your elevator pitch. Oh my god. Hearing very if you watch the trailer though, you'll be scared. And it's and there's a lot of comedy playing this year wow, at Fright is, Fest, but that one doesn't look like it's got any comedy in it. It's just very serious. It sounds horrendous. So it's oh my god, it it's sounds a, horrendous. It's about grief and depression and, right. and when a mysterious pop up children's book character appears on Jesus. the show. Oh my god, that sounds horrendous. <laughs> I really don't want to see that. Wow, so that's got that film's got a lot of press hit. So uh yeah, I will be there. If you come and say hello if you're coming down. Um, I've lost my page now I can't talk about any others that are playing but is this the only film you need is the Babadook yeah open windows I'll be at VHS viral the signal how many VHS films have they done there that's the second VHS or the third the third, oh, uh, third. Yeah, it's thought. the third or maybe I'm getting confused with the wreck as well I've reviewed them and the one I'm most interested in is called The Lost Soul uh, Doom Journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Dr. Moreau do you remember The Island of Dr. Moreau it yeah, came out I've never seen it but apparently Awful. Turkey. Which well, one? Um, the Val Kilmer one? Yeah. So yeah. Richard Stanley was the director who's a British guy who did Hardware and Dust Devil and that was his big break. It was mm. Val Kilmer, Marlon Brando, David Thulis um, and he got sacked a week into the shoot right. and they replaced him with uh, John Frankenheimer. But Richard Stanley's a bit of an eccentric. He then um, went back onto the island they were shooting on undercover got one of the costumes dressed up as one of the animals and s- hung around set and tried to mess things up and spy really? on it all. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And so this is the first time he's got, they're kind of telling the story of what went right. on behind the scenes on this. I really enjoy these documentaries. There's a wave of them coming out yeah. that are kind of pouring over and doing post-mortems on failed projects, yeah. which is fascinating. Yeah. Because a lot of these people now, now have no agendas. They can yeah. just be brutally honest yeah. about what went wrong. Yeah. 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 I still so haven't seen the June doc- documentary yet. Probably the best thing I've seen this year. There you go. So yeah, that's uh, that's it for the films. You've not seen the Babadook. <laughs> well, well, that's it. You've definitely got to update us on the Babadook. All right, next uh, week, next full, week's podcast, a full report. All right, sounds good. Babadook roundup. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> also, can you come dressed as a Babadook? If you get me on, I could do it for the whole podcast. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Okay. Right. Okay. Uh, that's it for this week's podcast. Uh, thank you, as always, for listening. You can get in touch uh, IGN underscore UK feedback, IGN.com. Uh, until next week, we will see you later. Bye bye. Bye bye.